Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's November 25th, 2019, and that means there's only one month left until Christmas. Today on the show, you're going to decide which food wins the Christmas Bowl and maybe win a cool prize pack while doing it. Plus, I have my four favorite foodies from the Mouse Stalgia Podcast here to do some pregame analysis. Also, I'm going to tell you about the Christmas Hall of Fame and why I think Jim Henson should be in it. And I'll tell you how to get the most Christmas out of your Disney Plus subscription. Okay, let's start the show. Greetings, Yule Believers! Welcome to another edition of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, the podcast voted best ever Christmas podcast by my mom. What a festive November it's been, what with Christmas Con, the Great Dickens Fair, and it's not even Thanksgiving yet. It's a big day here on the show. We're down to the final three contestants in the Christmas Bowl, and we've got the whole gang from Malstalgia here to talk about them, and a chance for you to win a cool prize bundle from Bortique and the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast store. But before we get to any of that, I think we need a little Christmas now. We need a So this Christmas Now tip is about the new streaming service, Disney+. It launched a few weeks ago as I record this, and while everyone is excited to stream The Mandalorian, Darkwing Duck, or The Simpsons, there's something for us Christmas fans, too. There is a good amount of Christmas content on there for us. There's the new original movie Noel with Anna Kendrick, which I talked about on last week's episode of the Nostalgia podcast. Link in the show notes? You betcha, imaginary listener that sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog. And right under that is another link to a Newsweek article that lists all the Christmas content on Disney Plus right now, including a movie I've never seen before called The Twelve Dates of Christmas, which is like the movie Groundhog Day, but set at Christmas. After falling in love with Happy Death Day earlier this year, I have a feeling I'm going to like The Twelve dates of Christmas. But definitely go to can'twaitforchristmaspod.com and check out that list because I found out you can't just go to Disney Plus and search Christmas. I mean, you can. You, you can physically do that and you'll get things like Mickey's Christmas Carol, Beauty and the Beast's Enchanted Christmas, and even Iron Man 3? But there's a lot of stuff that doesn't come up that is on Disney Plus, like Miracle on 34th Street, all the Tim Allen Santa Claus movie, or even the aforementioned Noel, which they've been promoting like crazy, but apparently forgot to tag it as a Christmas movie. But anyway, that's my tip. Stream yourself a Merry Little Christmas from Disney+. And if you find any gems on there that aren't on the list, be sure to let us know on Facebook so we can share with the whole class. And now, let's move on to our next segment, Five Golden Things. You know how there's a Baseball Hall of Fame and a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Shouldn't Christmas have a Hall of Fame too? Well, that's where our friend Jeff Westover from MyMerryChristmas.com comes in. This Thanksgiving, Jeff is launching ChristmasHallOfFame.net, a place where people from all over the world can nominate their favorite Christmas legends for a chance to be inducted into the Christmas Hall of Fame. Jeff actually posted about this a little while ago on the My Merry forums, and I had a great idea for someone who should go in the hall. And that, of course, would be me, right? Bing Crosby, Mr. White Christmas himself. No alleged ghost of Bing Crosby, not you. Are you ever going to do a segment about old Bing? I promise, but this is Muppet Vember. 
That's not a thing. It is on this podcast, Buster Boo. Ever since our first November episode back in 2015, we've always talked about something to do with the Muppets every November. And that's all thanks to the imagination of the man who got the Muppets started, Jim Henson. So for Muppet November 2019, I'm going to count down the top five reasons I believe Jim Henson should be in the Christmas Hall of Fame. Number five. Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Hi, Big Bird. Hi, Patty. Hi, Kermit. How was the skating party? Oh, okay. Yeah. Just okay? What's wrong? Well, everything was okay until Oscar started. How does Santa Claus get down those skinny little chimneys when he's so fat? And we gotta find out. See, because if he can't get down those skinny chimneys, nobody will get any presents tonight. That's what Oscar says. I see. Well, uh, let us consider the question here. How does big fat Santa Claus get down those skinny chimneys? You know, I never thought about it before. How does he do it? Kermit, it's Christmas Eve. We gotta find out. Okay, okay, let's be scientific about it. Who knows more about Santa Claus than anybody? The elves. Uh, Mrs. Claus? No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. Kids, that's who. So I'm, I'm just gonna round up some of the guys. We'll go ask some kids. I'll be back in a nonce with the answer. Kermit. Yeah? I'm a kid and I don't know. Oh, well, uh, that's our first answer right there, isn't it? Since Sesame Street just celebrated its 50th anniversary a few weeks ago, I had to start this list with this one. This Emmy Award-winning special premiered on December 4th, 1978. In addition to the main story, watching Oscar the Grouch make Big Bird question his belief in Santa Claus, it was a lot of kids' first introduction to the gift of the Magi story, as depicted by Bert and Ernie. With a better ending, if you ask me. Now, this doesn't loom large over Christmas like a lot of specials do, but this definitely had an impact. Number four. The Christmas Toy. Anyway, we're in the house of the Jones family. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, uh, Molly, the eldest daughter, the little guys, Jamie and Jesse, and of course, Ouija, the family cat. But this story is not about them. It's about what goes on in this room when the Joneses aren't looking. Because this is the children's playroom where all their toys are kept including one that belongs to Ouija the cat. Now over here is Apple, and uh, let's see, up here is Rugby Tiger. You know, little Jamie was sure thrilled when she got him as a gift last Christmas. But I tell you what, I'm going to head back to my place now, so uh, why don't you just sit back and uh, watch what these toys do just as soon as I leave the room. Sadly, this one doesn't get nearly enough attention anymore. It's a victim of the Walt Disney Company buying the Muppets, which is a problem since Kermit the Frog does the intro for this and sings in the final number. Unfortunately, the special itself is owned by the Henson Company, so they can't show the beginning and the end. I think that may be why it doesn't get the love that another special on this list gets, but it definitely made its mark not only on Christmas, but on pop culture in general. It's the story of a bunch of toys that come to life when kids leave the room. The child's favorite toy feels threatened when a child gets a new space toy that doesn't even know it's a toy. Hey, wait. Isn't that the plot of Toy Story? Exactly right, Ghost Bing. Wait, why would a ghost watch Toy Story? I got a lot of time on my hands, baby. I'm a ghost. It's not like I need to go to work, go to sleep, or even eat. Fair enough. But my point is, the plot of Toy Story is so similar to the Christmas toy that you know Pixar must have been influenced by it. Number three. Muppet Family Christmas. Hey, everybody, come here. Hey, everybody, everybody, quiet. My mother has an announcement. Thank you, Fozzie. Mm-hmm. I'd like to welcome you all here. Uh, you are all here, aren't you? Oh, good, because I'm afraid we're running out of room. 
Two of you will have to sleep hung on hangers on a hook on the wall. What a fabulous idea! Love hanger! Love hanger! Ah. That's the only way animal ever sleeps, man. See, <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I told you it'd be easy. They're weirdos, Fuzzy. Yeah? But they're nice weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> This is a special that started our Muppet Vember tradition back in 2015. We did a whole episode on this one because it was the Avengers endgame of the Hensonverse. You've got the Muppets, Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, and even Muppet Babies coming together for an epic Christmas crossover. If you want to hear our deep dive into this, I put a link in the show notes to our November 2015 episode, but this is another one that doesn't get played enough, mostly because of rights issues. The main Muppets are owned by Disney, Sesame Street characters are owned by Sesame Workshop, and I have no idea who owes the Fraggles at this point, but Disney... If you can get Spider-Man into the MCU, you can get a Blu-ray release of Muppet Family Christmas. Get on it. Number two. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Hi, all. This is Kermit the Frog, and I'm here to tell you the story about Emmett Otter's... (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh... uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Uh, It's a good thing uh, I didn't damage the sign here. Uh, You'll notice that it points the way to Frogtown Hollow. Uh, That's where Emmett and his ma live. This was last year's Muppet Vember episode. This adaptation of the book of the same name written by Russell Hoban is beloved by many. It even had a brief theatrical release last year. It's the story of a mom and son otter who are struggling to make ends meet, but still want to do something nice for each other for Christmas. Like the Christmas toy, Kermit begins and ends this special, but the Disney company licensed the Henson Company to use that footage of Kermit for the DVD release, the TV rebroadcast, and the aforementioned theatrical release. It's a special with a lot of heart, a lot of great music, and a great thing for families to revisit each Christmas. Honorable mentions! Muppet Christmas Carol. Welcome to Fuzzy Wig and Mom's annual Christmas party. At this time in the proceedings, it is a tradition for me to make a little speech. And it's a tradition for us to take a little nap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pay no attention to them. My speech. Here's my Christmas speech. Thank you all and Merry Christmas. That was the speech? It was dumb. It was obvious. It was pointless. It was short. I I loved it. it. (laughs) I'm bored with speeches. Let's dance, son! Now, this one may be a stretch since Jim Henson passed away before this movie was made, but this movie is a stone-cold Christmas classic. It was the first Muppet movie they made after Henson passed, and it was done with the mindset of keeping his spirit alive and definitely paying tribute to Jim Henson. Not to mention, they couldn't have made Muppet Christmas Carol if Jim hadn't spent decades getting us all to love these Muppets. And now, let's switch gears from things you watch to... Number one. John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Together. Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. That's nice. Ironically, the biggest impact Henson has had on Christmas was not by using his hands or his famous wizardry with puppets, but just his voice. The Christmas album The Muppets recorded with John Denver is a staple on Christmas radio every year, particularly their version of The Twelve Days of Christmas. But there are so many great songs on the album. Ralph and John's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Kermit's A Christmas Wish, and a cover of When the River Meets the Sea from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. 
All in all, I'd say Jim Henson has had a sizable felt-shaped stamp on Christmas, and that's why he's my nominee for the Christmas Hall of Fame. Do you agree? Tweet me at ChristmasPod to let me know. And don't forget to nominate who you think should be in the Christmas Hall of Fame starting Thanksgiving Day at ChristmasHallOfFame.net. And speaking of your feedback, it's time to open up Santa Bab's mailbag. Santa Bab, he is gonna read some emails from you or tweets. Or Facebook messages to Santa Bab. He is opening up his mailbag tonight. So in our last full episode, we talked about Christmas and Dickens' time. And Patrick has a suggestion for further info on the topic. Hi, Tim. Love your show, and I've been listening to it for a while. I discovered it last fall and got caught up on all the episodes within a few months, leading up to Christmas 2018. Now I'm up to date and enjoying your new episodes each month. I wanted to highlight a very interesting documentary done a few years ago by the BBC about Christmas on a Victorian farm. I thought it was an appropriate compliment to your discussion on Christmas during Dickens' time. It is aptly called Victorian Farm Christmas. Information about the three-part documentary is available on BBC's site, and uh, he includes a link, and I'll put that in the show notes. And you can easily find this documentary on YouTube. I was really impressed by it when I saw it, and I have watched it again a few times. Anyway, congrats on putting together a wonderfully entertaining, informative, and creative episode each month. I always look forward to my commute on the 25th. Keep up the excellent work. Well, thank you very much, Patrick. And I actually saw that documentary in the search results when I was looking for background info on a Victorian Christmas, but I didn't realize it was a documentary. I thought it was like a movie or a miniseries. Now I regret not watching it before I did that episode. But thanks for letting me know. At least I can circle back and watch it now. So thanks, Patrick. Oh, and speaking of the BBC and Patrick's... Trust me, this goofy segue will make sense in a second. We also got a comment from Art who said, I'd be interested in hearing more of that interview with Patrick Stewart you played a clip from. Where did you find it? I love hearing people talk about my favorite story, and Stewart has an amazing one-man show of the carol. See? I told you that segue would make sense. Well, Art, that was a BBC4 special I found on YouTube called Charles Dickens and the Invention of Christmas. It has a smattering of Patrick Stewart throughout, but I want to warn you, it's certainly not wall-to-wall Patrick Stewart. Just the same, I put a link to it in the show notes of this episode, so if you'd like to watch it, feel free. And thanks for writing in. And now, it's time for our news feature, All I Want for Christmas is News. All I Want for Christmas So we don't have a lot of time because we got more episode to go, but I had to share this story. The United States Postal Service is turning people everywhere into Santa's little helpers this year. It's Operation Santa, where you can read letters from Santa's mailroom and answer the ones he can't. According to CNN News Source, all over the country, kids will send letters to Santa asking for everything from toys to basics like a warm coat or shoes, and you can make their Christmas wish come true. Starting Monday, which is today, the day this episode drops, letters to Santa from low-income kids are available for adoption online. Basically, you go to the USPS website, which I'll link in the show notes, and you can choose a letter from a low-income kid and help Santa make their wish come true. I just thought this was an awfully nice thing, and I know there are plenty of people with big hearts who listen to this, and they probably want to help, so I thought I would boost the signal of Operation Santa in my own small way. So if you can help, I encourage you to. 
And now an extra special word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. Well, I am here at the Great Dickens Fair in Daly City, California with Brian Earl of Christmas Pass. And we've just finished recording a successful live taping of Christmas Pass. How do you think it went, Brian? I think it went great, Tim. There was a great crowd here, a lot of people in festive attire. We heard some great music. We played some trivia games and we got a chance to meet the executive director of the fair. Now, we're going to be able to hear this episode for people who weren't there on Christmas Past. Uh, where can people find that? Yep, Christmas Past is wherever you find your podcast, and this episode is due to come out the first week in December. So keep an eye out for that episode of Christmas Past and all the shows in the Christmas Podcast Network by going to christmaspodcastnetwork.com. And now, Feast fans, it's the time you've all been waiting for. It's the road to the Christmas Bowl! All year, we've been having two different Christmas dishes compete each month for your votes. Well, today, we let the three finalists go at it to decide what is the ultimate Christmas food. But first, let's see how we got here. Back in May, pumpkin pie squared off against cranberry sauce. Many said it was an odd fight since it was a dessert versus more of a side dish. But pumpkin pie came away with a decisive victory. Then in August, pumpkin pie took on mincemeat pie in the semifinals. And it was another big win for pumpkin pie, landing them here in the Christmas Bowl finals. Then we go back to June. Mashed potatoes was paired up with stuffing in a spectacular side dish smackdown. And it was a heck of a merry melee with mashed potatoes just barely pulling off the victory. Then, in the semifinal match in September, it was another side dish smackdown as potatoes had to face green bean casserole. And this time, a side dish was most definitely smacked down as mashed potatoes came away with a commanding victory to secure a place here in the finals. <laughs> Finally, we have the Cinderella story of our last finalist. Back in March, Hot Cocoa had to go toe-to-toe with eggnog. Now, eggnog is a drink synonymous with Christmas, so I think a lot of experts expected it to win easily. But in a fast and furious round of voting, in fact, the highest voting volume of this entire competition, Hot Cocoa came away with the big W. Then, last month, Hot Cocoa was matched with the star of Christmas dinner, the turkey. People had assumed that Hot Cocoa's journey down this road to the Christmas Bowl was over. And yet, with 58% of the vote, Hot Cocoa pulls off another upset to become our third finalist. (laughs) And it all comes down to this. Pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes, and hot cocoa. Which of these has what it takes to win your votes and claim ultimate victory in the Christmas Bowl? That's up to you. But to help me analyze these finalists, I brought in a panel of expert food commentators, Becky, Dave, Kristen, and Jeff from the Nostalgia Podcast. Now, you may be asking, why bring the cast of a Disneyland podcast to talk the Christmas Bowl? One, because I love them, and I will find any excuse to work them in the show as often as they will let me. And two, if you are a Mousetalgia listener, and you should be, you know when these folks do one of their trip reports from the Disney parks, you can count on some excellent food analysis. So these people, (laughs) no food. Welcome to the Christmas Cave, Mousetalgia. Thank you very much, Tim. We are honored to be here. Tim, are you calling us fat? That's kind of what I'm hearing between the lines. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Abort. Abort. (laughs) Kristen. Danger. Danger. (laughs) I just heard, like, if you want to know about food, go to Mousetalgia. Okay, put on your sports headset here. Okay, sports. Let's get into the mood here. Oh, yeah, sports. I'm like, because when when you guys talk about coming back from a trip report from, like, any of the Disney parks, but especially when you were at... um, 
uh, Tokyo Disney. Oh yeah, I just ate. Like, yes. yeah, like that, that was a well-rounded discussion of the various que- queens and <laughs> food. Queens. Tim, Cuisine. your assessment, your assessment of our podcast was accurate. It was pretty accurate. Yes. <laughs> food and books. <laughs> food and books. <laughs> and if it's a cookbook, bingo bango. <laughs> It's funny because there's one sitting in front of her right now. (laughs) (laughs) So the Christmas Bowl finalists have been selected and it's time for people to start voting. But before they do, let's break down each contestant, starting with mashed potatoes. Pros, cons, what does everybody think? Mashed potatoes. Well, for sure, the mashed potatoes have a have a advantage of the fluffiness and the butteriness. Like there's butter and fluff together, like a texture. Mm-hmm. It's a unique texture. Comfort food, right? Unique texture mm-hmm. to mashed potatoes. So that's mm-hmm. a definitely an advantage. What do you think, Kristen? Well, as someone who served instant mashed potatoes last year at Thanksgiving, hoping that no one would know, I'm pro potato. Because sometimes, <laughs> you know, because they are very flexible. Like sometimes yeah. you can you can pull out the instant, well, and if you do it right, like if you do it right with real, but like yeah. you be careful. Costco you can, has a good be, brand, and Costco can, has like the real potato brand. Yeah, like I don't, they call them real potatoes. I don't know how they're different from other instant potatoes, but they're pretty good. And if you mix them like ahead of time when no one sees and reheat them, so they're reheated instant mashed potatoes. Double baked. Double thumbs up. Yeah. You know, the mashed potato always brings its A game to the holiday dinner, doesn't it? That's absolutely true. And you know what I yes. really appreciate is how the mashed potato can effectively mop the plate That's of right. the holiday dinner. You Picking can... up all the sauces... Just dropping them in the mouth. I love that assessment. You know, mashed potatoes, <laughs> oh, like, that's, that's an extra plus there. Like, you use that. You use it at the end. Like, it put does. another spoon yeah. of mashed potatoes there, yeah. scoop it around. Yeah. Your plate is almost ready for the dishwasher. You're calling and, it the, right? the great unifier, essentially. <laughs> well, it's also kind of part of the special teams group. So, uh, you know, really bring <laughs> yeah, it exactly. in. Yeah. You never know when you're going to bring that in, so... Absolutely. <laughs> Not it, can it be a great lead player, also a good assist. It'll, you know, it'll grab some gravy for you. It'll That's grab. Right. That's right. All right. Next finalist. Let's talk pumpkin pie. Going from a side dish to a dessert. Your thoughts. Mm. Oh, Chilled, pie. not warm. Chilled, not warm. Well, I don't know. Really? So there okay. are two yes. Warm is wrong. That's interesting. <laughs> because I usually have pumpkin pie out of the oven. Oh, no. Oh, no? No. You only way to have pumpkin pie is chilled. If it's warm, leave it alone. Chilled, eat it down. That didn't rhyme. I tried. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good call because you also want to put some whipped cream on top, and yeah. you don't want it to like necessarily it's warm. It melts. Melt, yeah. yeah. Then you, then you get this pumpkin soup, which yeah. I don't think anybody Wait, wants. Pumpkin quick round soup. table. Like, what temperature do you eat at? I eat chilled. Jeff, you eat it warm. Warm, yeah, for Dave? sure. Dave, I've had it both ways, and I think I prefer chilled. Becky, if I'm gonna eat it, I'm gonna eat it chilled. Tim. I feel like it just ends up at room temperature because it's sitting Every out time. through the entire well, meal. Most, okay, let's be honest. <laughs> most holiday desserts are room temperature yeah, by the time yeah. you eat them. Unless they're going to melt, then they yeah. stay cold. So yeah. so I guess I'm kind of splitting the difference, sitting the fence. Okay. Fair right. enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, the, the pros of the pumpkin pie, again, very specific dessert, right? When are you yeah. going to have pumpkin pie? Usually Thanksgiving or Christmas. Like you rarely have for my birthday, I'm going to have pumpkin pie. Right? <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we have pumpkin pie year-round at our house made with coconut milk. There's so many things wrong with what you just said. <laughs> I'm so sad. I don't even know where no, to start. No, it's so good with coconut milk, you guys. Give it a chance. Like you make it with coconut milk? Yeah, or you drink of, coconut milk. Of, no, while instead you of eat evaporated it. milk, you make it with coconut milk. Interesting. Interesting. So then it can be vegan. Is that a plus or a, my, a pro or a con? It's really good. It makes it extra creamy. All right. And I feel too, like, so you know, when you have pumpkin pie and it gets kind of like gloopy? Like yep. Sometimes I'm like, oh, what's this little glob? Like the surprise pumpkin glob? The coconut milk just takes that out. Well, you got to make it right so that that never happens. Right? I was like, yeah, I find it. I just go to the store and grab the thing that says pumpkin pie <laughs> with a pumpkin pie in it. Wait, and I'm you out buy the door. pre-made? 
Yes. Yes. What am I, Gordon Ramsay over here? No. I ain't got this kind of time. I, I love why the Marie look, of, I love the look of shock on Kristen's face. Well, Marie Calendars is a, is a separate instance because it's kind of like a homemade pie from a restaurant. No, it's right? not. It kind of is. Is no. there a reason they're still in business? Marie Calendars I, I have a secret for you all. Uh-huh. Yeah. All oh. those pies are made by somebody. <laughs> By a machine, technically, they're bleep all made. Make the pies. Yeah, no, a soulless machine made that pie, and I can taste a lack of love. There's no homemade crust there. If there's a hairnet involved, you're not, not going to eat it. No, I refuse to eat any pie that was made by a machine because it takes away jobs from the American worker, oh. which is me. Job security. When was the last time you baked a pie for money? Well, I mean, if you think about like that's my job at the house is pie baker. <laughs> but wait, aren't the pies that are getting made being made by people yeah. for money? Machines. So make by those making pies. it yourself, you're taking away jobs from people who are making pies. You're taking away jobs from the people who make the machines that make the pies. How we got the main topic of if pie gonna win? The pumpkin pie, pie is gonna win the whole thing. I don't no. know. I don't know. No, pumpkin no, pie no. has a lot of struggles right now. What? It's, it's struggling to compete here even with our conversation okay first of all it's a vegetable so you can have it for breakfast a pumpkin is not a vegetable is it pump it's a squash it's a vegetable isn't it a berry what excuse me what just happened i don't really think a pumpkin is a squash berry the size of your head yeah please google that becky a pumpkin is a squash you guys it's they sell them with squash it's a squash convinced that it's an actual what is a pumpkin well, I, it is, it's in the squash family, but I don't remember what the name it's of not that. A berry. Uh, is it in the gourd family? Yeah, gourd, gourd, thank you. Is it so a gourd? that's a vegetable, so you can See, have that's it. That's why you bring in the experts. A gourd is not a vegetable; it's a decorative item. <laughs> that is not true. We eat butternut squash all the time at our house. Okay, when was the last time you bought a pumpkin not for a decorative item? My mom did that once. It was a horrible mistake. Yeah, I like know. homemade pumpkin pie from a real pumpkin. Even the awful. seeds that you try to make, they they always taste better when someone else makes them than when I make them. Yeah, well, because you're not a good cook. Yeah, that's true. Yikes. Well, it's factual. <laughs> Shots Everyone knows. <laughs> this is how it goes on these sports shows. People get kind of catty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they do get kind of sassy on these sports shows. I, Tim, I'm just calling it now. Pumpkin pie for the win. It's the Are best one. Are you serious? One. Controversial right, Save your Why final you, judgments for the end. Becky, you don't, don't love get ahead it. of us. I'm calling a technical foul. <laughs> I know. Kristen, five yards back. Personal foul, five yards. The commentators down. are giving each other fouls. This is the best kind of sports program. Double dribble, five for fighting. I like five that. for fighting. <laughs> I just like the two of the four mouse dodgers are on their phone looking at pumpkins. Like, what are they? It's a fruit, a, a pumpkin, according to the internet. It's a fruit? A oh. pumpkin is technically a berry. Defined yeah. as a oh, simple yeah. fleshy fruit that usually has many seeds, the word berry yeah. actually encompasses a whole lot more than you may have previously thought. It is not a berry. Thank you, country living. What? It is a berry. A pumpkin is a berry. The reason I said that is because it's stuck in my brain because it's such a ridiculous fact. You can't put a pumpkin in those little green baskets on the side of the road. It has to I mean, fit in put, the green basket to be one. a berry. Okay. Not even one. It would just, couldn't you imagine to squash it? It'd be so Don't sad. Don't put the pumpkin in a box. No, not a That's squash. Not nice. A pumpkin. <laughs> no one puts the pumpkin in a box. Put Don't put a pumpkin in, a in the corner. All right. <laughs> I think we've cleared that up. All right. <laughs> so let's move to our uh, final finalist, hot cocoa. Oh. Hot cocoa. Now you know. I think hot cocoa's got it in the bag for the win. It's creamy. 
it's chocolatey. It can be spiced up or spiced down. You mm-hmm. can put a little cinnamon in it. You can put a little salt in you it. You put a little, little Bailey's in it. In it. You know, you, you almost described it, in, except for, uh, with few exceptions, the mashed potato benefits. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so the, the mashed potatoes and the hot chocolate are like neck and They're neck here. They're both solid yes. teams. And you they could are. probably put some vodka and some mashed potatoes. Yeah. You probably actually potatoes, could. Well, potatoes and vodka. Potatoes and vodka. There can be some infusions into mashed potatoes. So that's something new but we Becky, could come up with right now. Milk or water? Oh, you gotta go milk. Okay. Oh, for yeah. hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, or or even a, even creamier than milk, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, oh. some cream. If you're really going for the win, abuelita in the blender. Mm. We're all <laughs> San Jose people here. Are you guys fans of the um, the uh, snowman hot chocolate at Christmas? In the oh, Park holy cow! Mm-hmm. It's even. Oh, yeah. yes. It's loaded with candy that's, canes that's and mm-hmm. marshmallows and whipped cream and sprinkles. I know. That yeah, at that point, the, cho- the hot chocolate is just kind of like a side attraction like to everything else going on inside <laughs> that cup. So and isn't it like $8 for the scoop Yes, But it's worth it. Yeah, and it's a bargain. So that's probably why hot chocolate like is, is versatile. Hot chocolate is the mm-hmm. versatile player on it the is. field here. It so is. boy, oh boy. You this can dress really it up tough. or dress it down. Is it a drink or a dessert? Yeah. That's why I'm telling you. Maybe like, it's the hot both. chocolate and the, mar- and the mashed potatoes are, boy, neck and neck. That's going to be a really right. tough yeah, but, call. But the hot cocoa can't clean up the plate. You like cannot. you put that on a plate, it's just a big it's mess. Just, but it can, but it can complete the like the meal. Some people maybe they don't feel like finished yeah. until they taste that. Like the last thing they have, the flavor is the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Depending yeah, on like what's in the hot chocolate, down that whole dinner. Yeah, depending on what's in the hot chocolate, you may not care about the plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put enough Bailey's in there. You're like that's right. true. That's what yeah. I like about it. Like as a person who has to cl- cook and clean up, I just feel like there's no shame because you don't know what I'm drinking. It can it's put, hot chocolate, and it can put you. It, it, you may need that hot chocolate to yeah. end. Like especially if you're in charge of the stuff, you might need yeah. like I need seriously get to sleep. Mama's hot chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a little abuelita, <laughs> little something yeah. extra, a little I splash of this, abuelita. splash of that. You're down for mm-hmm. the count. All right, so with that, we'll move on to everybody's final votes for who they think is going to win. Wow. Oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to cast my vote for mashed potatoes. Okay, pumpkin pie for the win. Okay. Mm. I'm going to also go with mashed yeah. potatoes. <laughs> I'm going to just go with pumpkin pie. Wow. Nice. A spoiler. Split down the middle. It is. Mashed potatoes can be the winner, Mm -hmm. but easily, easily ruined. Too watery, mushy. I got you. That's possible. Doesn't that logic apply to the pumpkin pie? I feel like it's harder to mess up a pumpkin pie. You'll have to try Kristen's with coconut. Especially if you buy it from a professional. (laughs) (laughs) Like Marie at the calendars. (laughs) Maybe ponder this, though. What if I replace my coconut milk with mashed potatoes in the pumpkin pie? I would eat that. It's not wow. a bad idea, it's right? It's not a bad idea because pumpkin potatoes. Some more consistency. Is that similar. more of a trifle then or whatever? Truffle, I trifle. I would try that. Yeah. I would actually try that because people mix things with pumpkin, pumpkin squash. Pumpkin potato pie. Pumpkin. Triple P. Yeah. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> good. No, triple P. Because potato pie is a thing. Right. And I eat bean pie. Like we pumpkin buy bean pie pies good. at the I'm doing it. You guys are doing it. You should try it. Like, yeah. We've just established Triple like a tie. P. We've actually voted on a tie here okay. to an extent. But well, there has to be a winner. There has to be a winner. We're going to see who it is. I think it's mashed potatoes. Maybe we could all be winners. I think it's a mashed potatoes, but I do like your idea of the mashed potato the pumpkin pie. Yeah. Well, no matter who wins, we all win because we have a delicious Christmas dinner. Okay. That was cheesy, <laughs> but that's how I'm going to end it. But sometimes you have to just end it. That's solid, Tim. Sometimes yeah. it just ends. <laughs> Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Malstalgia Podcast. Check them out at Malstalgia. Dot com.
And now it's up to you to pick the winner. The poll is open now at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You can vote once a day, every day, until the polls close on December 13th. Then we'll announce the winner of the Christmas Bowl on our December 15th show. And we need your help to spread the word. Don't worry, we've made it super easy. Remember how I told you about the Facebook frames we made available for you last month? Well, we've created three new ones that say, I voted in the Christmas Bowl. Why three? Because one says hashtag team mashed potatoes, one says hashtag team pumpkin pie, and one says hashtag team hot cocoa. So after you vote, go to Facebook, select your profile's picture, and select add a frame. Then search for Christmas Bowl, all one word, and they will come up. Select the frame that matches your vote, and you can select to make it temporary. So set it to last until midnight on December 13th. Didn't you say something about a contest at the beginning of this episode? Right you are, imaginary listener. That sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog. If you add this Facebook frame to your profile picture and leave a comment on our Facebook page, you're entered to win a pair of Christmas Bowl prizes. Tell them what they'll win, frog guy! I... I... I have no idea. This is your show, man. I'm just a rhetorical device used to keep the flow moving. Why don't you tell them what they'll win? It's a beautiful vintage Disney pocket wallet from Board Teak. This beautiful handmade wallet is upcycled from an original roll of 1966 Disneyland wrapping paper featuring classic Disney characters like Mickey, Minnie, and Donald getting ready for Christmas. The images on this piece are not reproductions. They are made from original paper, making it over 50 years old and one of a kind, only from Board Teak. Didn't you say there was two prizes? That's right, frog guy! Why are you talking like that? The winner will also receive a 2020 12 Months of Christmas calendar from the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast store. Last year, we released a calendar with 12 beautiful pictures of Christmas scenes to help keep Christmas in your heart all year. This year, we have a new calendar with 12 new Christmas scenes, as well as cute little Christmas poems on every page. Available only from the official Can't Wait for Christmas podcast store. So get out there, vote, spread the word, and join us again on December 15th. 15th as we announce the winner of the Christmas Bowl. And that's our show. I'd like to thank the gang from Nostalgia again for stopping by today, especially because they had to do double the work. See, when we recorded this, we weren't sure if the third finalist was going to be hot cocoa or turkey because y'all weren't done voting yet. So we recorded a whole section as if turkey had made it to the finals, and it was just as fun as the rest of the segment, so you know I'm putting it in the outtakes at the end of this episode. So thank you again, Nostalgia. Oh, actually, the day this episode drops, I'll be on their show as well. So head over to Nostalgia.com or wherever you get your podcasts and give it a listen. Also, special thanks to Kristen for donating that handmade vintage Disney wallet to our prize pack. I put a link to her board teak store in the show notes so you can check out the wallets and all the other great things she makes over there. And while you're at board teak, Kristen has an extra gift for you. If you buy anything from Bortique between now and December 1st, 2019, and mention Can't Wait for Christmas in the notes on your order, you get a free mystery gift. So check out Bortique in the show notes and find something for the Disney lover on your list, even if that Disney lover is you. Also in the show notes, you'll find the link to the 2020 12 Months of Christmas calendar in our Zazzle store. As a reminder, if you use the code CHRISTMASPOD, you'll get 20% off anything at Zazzle. Not just our official store, anything. So don't forget the code CHRISTMASPOD when you check out at Zazzle this year. Also in the show notes, the link to ChristmasHallofFame.net. Be sure to nominate who you think should be in the Hall of Fame starting Thanksgiving Day. And if you happen to think Jim Henson should be in it, then go for it, baby. And of course, as long as you're looking at those show notes, be sure to vote in the Christmas Bowl. We've been building up to this all year. Three foods enter, one food leaves. But that's up to you. And join us back here December 15th to find out who won. And in the meantime, you will believers, 
keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2019. Oh. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can't wait for Christmas pod. Or on Twitter, we are at Christmas pod. Or you could always send us an email directly at Christmas at tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So what I was picturing doing is basically this is like the when they do like those pregame. Uh, talking sessions on ESPN or whatever, and people sit around a round table, and yeah. like I'll I'll throw to you guys, and eat, like we'll talk about each you know the pros and cons of each food, mm-hmm. and then I'll ask you guys each for a prediction for who you think is going to win. Okay, mm-hmm. I think it's durable. You think that any of us sit around and watch the ESPN pregame I know. show? I just was thinking, like, but could I, he I feel it. could I know. he have picked like less sporty people? Like I, I have I this mean, realization of like who watches sports at this table? I watch Anybody? sports at this table. All you need to do you is watch, watch the Super Bowl, and you understand exactly yeah, what he's I'm talking about. I'm just giving about. a hard time. Jeff, what sports I mean, do you watch? The Super Bowl. I had to sports. watch it on YouTube just oh, to figure out what yes. I was talking about. So, <laughs> okay, we'll we'll do fine. I, I understand what you're looking for. We're just gonna throw it back. It is and like forth. the five least sportiest people though in the world. Okay, what I was gonna say is picture in your mind like mm-hmm. the you know Super Bowl, but that won't work for you, Kristen. Obviously, so picture no. in your mind us talking around a table. Dave and Becky, do you guys <laughs> watch sports? We watch some hockey. I enjoy watching sports. Okay, but do you watch? But them? Not, not anymore. I don't. Okay, watch. like. If Dave was the type of man who watched sports, that would be all we did. Yeah. But you're, yeah. he's not that guy. But he's not that guy. We can watch sports. Oh, no. I'm not trying to start a fight. Oh, no. What if we touched off? Sorry, you guys. If it was I at just all possible for me to watch sports, I wouldn't be able to tear myself away from the television. If he no. wasn't have like the IT crowd repeat on loop, we could watch. <laughs> Dave is a very like interesting and very person. Of course he is. He yeah. doesn't have a lot of time in his life to watch yeah. sports because he has so many other wide interests. Becky, I've innovation. never once ever heard you mention like, I wish there were more sports in my life. <laughs> no one ever says that. <laughs> but we want, we'll watch hockey. We watched all the playoffs I really, for the Sharks that. last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know where we're headed with this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all good. All right, so with that, we'll move on to everybody's final votes for who they think is going to win. Okay, not actually. Yeah. We're actually going to do, I'm going to reset again, and our final thing is going to be turkey got this it. time. Yeah. So we're going to pretend like we didn't say anything about hot cocoa. Yep, got it. <laughs> and start all the way over again. Sorry. <clears throat> all right, so let's check in with our final finalist, turkey, the main course. What do you guys have to say about that? Wow, turkey, you're my Chick-fil-A. <laughs> What? I don't even know. Turkey what? could be... Legs for days. It, it could, legs for days, Dave. 
<laughs> I mean, Turkey could be the the spoiler here. I, I really think because Turkey, I mean, it first of all, it actually functions as a sleep aid, so it's it's a <laughs> it's a functional food in addition to being very tasty if it's cooked right. I mean, everyone knows the turkey that yeah. accidentally dried See, up and that's that's a turkey's weak point is it's way too temperamental. Like hard, you, hard to cook. You right. cook a turkey upside down. Thanksgiving is over. Okay, it's as not, I learned the hard way a few years back. It's not hard to tell which side is up. <laughs> it is when you're not when you're tired. And let me tell you, when you cook a turkey upside down and you take that lid off and you're like looking to see that brown golden skin and just like the Terminator exploded in there, it's horrible. You cooked a turkey upside, <laughs> upside down and it exploded. Was it like Becky. Christmas vacation? Oh it God, looked. Kurt was perfect. like Kurt made us. He was like, it's like the Terminator in there, and I don't know what that is, but it. That's it was awful. The whole thing was like <laughs> bloody and black, and it's and I left the bag oh, inside. Dear. It's too temperamental turkey. Okay, so but possibly you made some rookie errors there with cooking a turkey upside down with everything well, inside I, of it. It's hard to know which way is the top. That's not well marked. <laughs> turkey is too temperamental. All right, but wait. Here's another. Here's another. Uh, uh, bonus to for turkey that I don't know if you considered unlike say mashed potatoes which don't really keep that well and pumpkin pie yay or nay maybe you can keep it but turkey that's good for a couple days to make yourself some sandwiches make yourself some soup yeah we have really not scratched the surface of the turkey here yet Kristen I, I see I sense your discomfort with the turkey preparation <laughs> yeah. process but once you have a well pre- pre- prepared turkey like yeah. Tim is right like leftovers for days everyone knows that but once you have one explode on you like holidays are never the same because you can't like cook it without fear. Okay, well I don't have a fear of a turkey. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. How I haven't been entirely responsible for cooking the turkey, but I have been responsible for just a, like carving sports, a turkey. It's and about practice. It is okay. and teamwork, right? And I have been participants of opening the oven mm. and checking on the turkey, which I got that right. Because someone <laughs> so, else put it in the right way. So and I, I would like to say the the and the, here's the plus. So let's talk about the pluses of the turkey. I'm going to go all the way to the day after Thanksgiving. Like you can have that Thanksgiving leftover mm-hmm. situation where you just put a glob of everything on a sandwich. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have the turkey, it's kind you of nothing. nothing. But if you have the turkey, you can put stuffing, cranberry sauce, like almost anything can go on that sandwich, and it's like Thanksgiving in a little package. So you're saying the turkey goes a distance? It way goes the distance. Hmm. I don't really know though, but the turkey. Boy, that's a that's a tough call. You know, I do see your point because we grind up our turkey and we make turkey salad sandwiches. Yeah, absolutely. And I just had turkey from last Thanksgiving for lunch last week. Froze it. Nice. It lasted you a year. I was like, uh, <laughs> I think that might have expired. But you said it froze I froze it. it. Defrosted it. It was delightful. That is good. Like a year's worth of turkey you had. Yeah. Plus, turkey goes on sale after Thanksgiving. And so you can get like a $10 turkey, cook it up, freeze it. You got turkey all year. We're going to have to go back to a replay on that. Legs for days. <laughs> Like Dave says. <laughs> I don't think we've heard Becky weigh in yet on the turkey. Well, I would like to give Becky the floor. Like Megan the floor. I, um, <laughs> I, I would like to concur with Jeff about the fact that turkey does bring its own blase sleepiness to yeah. it. So that that's a problem for me. Okay. It's a downer, yeah. Becky. It's a, it's a bit of a downer. But it does. It is versatile. It can be your weakness or your you know benefit. So you, you, it, could it really be. depends on what you're going for. It could be. For. I wonder if we could get our kids to eat more turkey. Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably <laughs> one night apiece. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> not enough. But, All right. Okay. Well, the turkey is a could be a spoiler here. Uh, as far as I, I, it's hard for me to tell, though. It's just hard for me to know because Kristen's stories, horror stories of the turkey cooking, really have me second thinking. You know everything I thought mm-hmm. about the turkey. 
It was a horrible day. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, go with our predictions. Let's uh, find. Let's go around the table. Who thinks who is gonna win it all? Wow. That was, were, were we do, okay, Tim? Do we have to do one without a pumpkin pie? Uh, w- no, we have to do one. Didn't you say hot cocoa? Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm, did we vote on the winner for that one? We, yeah, we, we all ran around the table, and didn't you say hot cocoa? Somebody did. I think, we, I think we kind of came to that conclusion. I don't know that we actually... No, nobody, nobody I don't chose think we, it. We didn't do Becky a... Becky and Dave took um, potatoes, and Dave and I took pie. No, no, no. No, we're talking other. about... Did we, we do a conclusion for the other one? Did we do it, Tim? Know. I've been drinking. I don't know. No, no. So, so both, uh, either one will lead to that final <laughs> oh, conclusion. Oh, I got you. I got you. But since nobody said hot cocoa then, or turkey, then it that won't one go works. There. I don't know if you I guys planned that, but, but you're geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did not plan that. We're but, with but I'm you, glad Tim. It worked that way. Yeah, we're all we're professionals here. Yeah, we're super. Pro- <laughs> okay, good.